9-11 happened our senior year. We're sitting in class. Some guy goes running down the hall saying, turn on TVs, turn on TVs, turn on TVs. So he turns on the TV and the first one it hit and we're just kind of like, man, that's a horrible accident. Right. Second one hits and we're like, you know, nobody really knows what's going on yet. Major Trevis is a very smart guy. Closes the door, turns the TV down a little bit. He says, so let me tell you guys something. What's happening right now is about to change all of your lives. Hey folks, I'm Brooks Derrick, and this is A Lawyer, His Friends, and Food. A show about local business owners, their journeys, and the thing that brings people closer together, food. On today's episode, we sit down at Gather Greenville with Charles Russ, financial advisor and entrepreneur, while chowing down on some delicious grub from Pasta Addict. Jennifer and Anthony Pepe opened Pasta Addict in the Gather Greenville space after cultivating a local Instagram following from Anthony's home cooking and Jennifer's photography skills. And as you will see during our interview with Charles Russ, the pasta not only looks good, but is also absolutely delicious. So how did Charles Russ's humble beginnings propel him to West Point, Germany, and a career as a financial advisor? Well, let's find out. This is where awkwardness happens when we're trying to eat and talk. So we're gonna cut this thing out. I'm smooth with it. You know, look, man, if you don't mind, I like to do a little blessing. That oh, that's perfect with right. me. Hell yeah. yeah all right. I, I, I probably wanted to say that at the very beginning, right? <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead and dive this out, man. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for bringing us together for conversation and hopefully say some things that will help some people out there and also to learn about one another and hopefully make a new friend for the future. In your name I pray. Thank you for all the blessings. Amen. Amen, God. All right. So you want to split these up, man, so we can try both so. of them? Yeah, I believe that's, that, that should be the plan, Let's right? see how this goes. I'm probably going to... Um, yeah, that, that one's going to be tough. I'm probably going to spill it you all want, over you myself. You want to cut it? You want to, like, knife it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, man, go ahead and knife it. I like it. your guidance here. It's not really guidance. See, mine is already <laughs> partitioned. You know what I'm saying? It's easy. Mine, I get the easy one. Let's see here. I used to, uh, I used to wear a white T-shirt all the time. Yeah, My wife nah. would say, why? Do you do this? Why is this your outfit of choice? Let me guess. Was she washing those said t-shirts? Yes. And I, I usually couldn't keep one clean yeah, more than like man. two or three, two or three, uh, nah. you know. I just ruined my favorite white t-shirt on accident the, two, two weekends ago. I was real sad. My girl was like, can't you just get another one? I'm like, yeah, but it's not that one. The same. It's not, it's same. not the same. It's not that shirt. All right, player. Good exchange. Yeah. Oh, but you were very efficient with yours, huh? Well, mine was already like broken up. You know, yes. I had the easy route. Let's have a bite here first, and yeah. then we can then we can start talking with our mouthful. Yeah. Mmm. Delicious. Oh my god. Well, we saw it in the back, man. I knew it doesn't look like me making spaghetti. You know, I shouldn't even call it spaghetti. It's pasta. Man. In case all that stuff, all that stuff he was talking about. Yeah, I thought it was the real cool. Of the tomatoes. Yeah. The, Basil. I, I thought he was cool. I talked about don't. Did he say degrade the ingredients? Yes. Like how you put them on the end. I, that that's, was the, the, that's putting the, uh, the fresh stuff on it in, as well as the olive oil. Yeah, it's good. Real good. We try to keep it fresh, whatever's in season. You know, we try to balance it between doing what we can do here on the, obviously the limitations around what we have here as far as space, and then kind of catering to the crowd out there. So yeah. it changes, you know, whatever the season may be, whatever's on sale, whatever's around, especially now. It's not easy to get your hands on, I mean, eggs, cream. We're right. seeing, you know, it's, it's hard to get your hands on that stuff. So, uh, you know, but hopefully we'll bounce back. But right now, it's kind of like a, a big episode of Chop. We just kind of, whatever's there, <laughs> we throw, it's not as hard. Yeah, they give, it's normal stuff, but, uh, you know, we try to make it taste good without wasting too much, so. This is just a traditional pesto. This is super simple. This is gonna just be not too much heat, a little salt, one thing of butter, and we'll just let that kind of melt with a little pasta water. Just a little bit. Just to kind of melt the butter and get a little bit of an emulsion in there. And it starts getting really cloudy. That's a key for things like carbonara and cacio e pepe, stuff like that. Um, Do this one right in here now. This is now. fresh torn not basil. Good. Not me. <laughs> not me. I'm a little surprised on how much dude. olive oil, but it's a good amount. I'm sure we'll get critiqued on how we're eating this, right? So where are you from? I was born in Indianapolis, um, but we moved to Atlanta for one year when I was four, I believe, right. and then. So I guess a year, maybe a year and a half, and then we moved here when I was six. 
And I, I grew up here. Yeah. So. What brought your family here? Uh, well, my grandmother's job moved. Okay. Job moves, family goes. That's it. That's it. Um, what did you, did you uh, you raised by grandma and granddad? Yeah. Or just grandma, grandma, and granddad. Uh, grandma and granddads. Um, what they do for a living? My grandmother worked for this. Okay, you remember back in the day in the Sunday paper, that little thing used to come and you could pick 12, 12 tapes for a dollar. Mm-hmm. She yeah. worked for RCA. It was BMG. Uh, it was RCA, and then BMG bought them out. So she worked for that company. So I at least always had all the newest music. I probably still owe them money, I bet. Uh, man, that, <laughs> that dollar a month add up on you. Yeah. That starter deal. Mm. Cheers. Oh, for sure. I broke a rule. I drank before I cheers you, but still. Hey, it's cheers, good. Cheers, my friend. So, move here. You're, are you six? It's about six when you move. When y'all move here? Yeah, yeah. So I, I went to school. My, you know, all my school stuff was yep. here. I'm, what did uh, what Granddaddy do here? Uh, he didn't. So, I believe the story goes he was in a plant that blew up. Oh. Now he didn't get hurt, but they had to pay out, and that was back in the days of pensions, which we know are gone now. Right, right. So they had to pay everybody pension after that. So he had his pension, and it wasn't as much, of course, as it would have been, but. They just agreed, so they had me and uh, my my first cousin, who I call my brother. They had both of us. Okay. So they just agreed it would be better for him to be home with us. He was still put, you know, and, and she worked. Wow. That is awesome. Did, did that happen? I mean, not awesome, but awesome in a way to like to be yeah. able to be home with y'all. Um, did that happen in Indianapolis, or did that happen down the, the here? The plant exploded in Indianapolis. Indianapolis. I mean, before I, I think it was before I was born. So. Okay. I don't know the, the details the of the details, story, yeah. but I know he got a pension yep. um, from this, this plant explosion, and they just agreed when they moved. I think he might have even been working when we were in Indianapolis. They just agreed when we moved. They're like, she's like, well, you know, we got this much coming in. Somebody needs to take care of these boys, so yeah. let's make it happen. Wow. So moved down here, go to school. You would go to Wade Hampton High, is that right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Good when old Wade. you finish there? 98. I went to the old Wade Hampton. Over on uh, when it was uh, Wade like, Hampton Boulevard or whatever. Yeah, all those it was all those outdoor buildings. Uh huh. Near yeah. Red Lobster. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's in the same place now, but they rebuilt it. Ah, okay. So okay. Now, okay. It didn't gotcha. look like uh, it didn't look like the old like all the schools here. Right. So the rumor was, I looked it up, and I think it's actually true. There's a Wade Hampton in Florida, and the same big company built both schools, but they put the schools in the wrong places. That was the rumor. I don't. Ooh. I'm not sure it was true. But uh, it's, that's interesting because if you looked at it, in the winter it sucked because all of our buildings were separate. So you had to go outside between classes to go to classes. Now in the spring, summer, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. You get to hang out outside, lunch, you could walk around, sit outside, all that stuff. Uh, versus how schools look here, you know, right. they closed in. So yeah, for sure. It made sense. I never actually verified it, but I always told it was true. <laughs> I like that. I went to... Went to Malden High. I finished in '93. I'm just a little bit ahead of you. Not much though. Sports guy. Yeah, basketball. I played soccer. Oh, I played soccer. basketball also, but yeah. um, I had to quit my my junior year because of soccer conflict. Okay. Um, uh, I made the varsity team, but had to quit. It was when Kevin Garnett was a junior. KG. So I, I could have been on the team with him if uh, soccer wasn't my problem. I played soccer in high school too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I played it with Hampton. Good old Carlos Osorio was my coach. We won state senior year. I love that man. Yeah, you know him. Oh you know heck Lose? yeah, man. Hey. Heck yeah. Los is the man. Um, I played. I played for a guy named Ralston Moore here. He's a Jamaican guy. Okay. I played from the time I was like ten until I finished high school. Mm -hmm. And Carlos, I don't think Carlos coached anyone that was in that was in my that was my travel team. I, yeah. I don't know if he coached anybody that we actually played against. I think he might have coached like. One year below us, maybe. Yeah, he was excessive the whole um, time. He's always been excessive. Yeah, yeah. This is before that existed. Oh wow. Yeah, it was when back when before CISA or Saint Cessa, Giles. Saint Giles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So. So you. Play soccer. You playing any more sports in Wade Hampton? Soccer was my see. Soccer was my secondary sport. I was a wrestler. Ah, oh, oh, that's right. Because you're. you're 18-year-olds wrestle, right? Yeah, or they used to wrestle? They used to wrestle. They're football players. That's more their, mm. that's more their bag. Um, so, yeah, it got me in college, man. So, so that was a – how did you – you finished Wade Hampton. What's, your, what's high school like for you? Is it it's good, good bad? 
had a, I had a good high school experience. Yeah, me too. No, uh, Some people know. hate high school. I, I look back on those years pretty fondly. Yeah, and things have changed a lot since I've been in high school, you know, improved. I think this area is great. It's growing. If you have a family, especially, mm-hmm. it's a great place to be. Um, but definitely a different experience, probably than the kids in high school right now, especially with social media. You know, you knew, I knew kids that went to Wade Hampton, maybe a few from Riverside, a few from Eastside, a few from Greer, a few from Greenville. Man, they know kids that go, my kids know kids that go to school in Columbia. They know everybody in the whole county. They show up places, people are like, hey, twins, and I'm like, how do you know them? Oh, Facebook, this, that, the other. It's, wild, it's a right? different universe, man. Yeah, we used to, I remember we'd go to the, uh, me and a couple of buddies would go to the mall to go like, try to meet, meet girls, right? Like, or was character still open when you were a kid? Yeah, man. <laughs> and we'd go to characters. You, had, you, you know, they had the, the teen nights on like Sunday night or whatever before the school would be oh, out. Oh, yeah. Go to characters. It always have like, make up some dance routines that you and your boys could do together. <laughs> <laughs> you practice all practice all semester, I guess, for the, whenever it was like. But when you can, when when you your, can your be, time to shine. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, man. I remember all that stuff. So you finished Wade Hampton in 98. Yep. How, what's your, what's your motivation or how, what's the trip of saying, I'm going to go to, to the Army. West, I'm going to go to West Point. What's that? My grandmother telling me that's where I was going. Oh. I didn't want to go. She said, no, you're going. So. Okay. Okay. Uh, one of the wrestling coaches had reached out to me about applying and he said and if you apply you'll get in i mean of course he's done his homework he knows and i had a, i mean i had a good high school experience i mean senior year was all honors classes i did speech and debate i did drama uh varsity letter two sports state champ we were actually actually looked out state champion both um wrestling was of course me but soccer dude i had 11 dudes i was the eight nine or tenth dude on right, the, right 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 starting but you know but i filled a gap that was a cool story for me too i learned a lot about teamwork there and about being part of a team yeah uh, and I, I definitely credit credit my soccer experience because i wasn't gonna play my senior year because um, after wrestling i'd already won my state championship i figured well i'm gonna wrestle and i went to a game and i and i just felt like and i was a, i was forward i was a striker and i just felt like they needed me like they lost one to east side who then was our rival and i was just like i went I'm not like the superstar, but I would have made a difference in that game. Right, 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 right. And I, I talked to, I talked to coach walking off the field that day. I was like, hey, coach, is that what's up, Russ? I was like, ah, can I come try out on Monday? He said, you don't have to try out. Just come on, because I played for him since right. seventh grade. And yeah, that was a good, you know, cool experience to learn there. But yeah, dude, they, they talked to me first. So I talked to the wrestling coach. He's like, West Point, like, that's the army. He's like, yeah. I'm like, no. And I hung up the phone. He called back, and my grandmother answered the phone. <laughs> and I came in the house, and she was like, oh, you going? I was like, where, where do you want me to go? She's like, oh, no, you going to that school. I was like, wow. I... What was the um, application process like for that? Like, uh... I had a little different application process. I don't really know how, how this happens, but you're supposed to get like an appointment, um, right. lining an appointment. Um, I got mine late. Like, actually, that was another thing. I, you know, people always like look at me weird when I tell the story. I'm like, we called, we called about the appointment, like they told us to, right. and they said, oh, all the appointments have been given out. And I was like, uh, say it, praise we Jesus. We went out to eat. And I remember because we all used to go Chinese, eat Chinese at old Chinese buffet. This is back in the day when things used to be. Yes. Be the bomb. So we went and ate, and uh, when we came back, there was a message on the answer machine. Oh, ma'am. And it was from the, congress, the congressman's office. He's like, oh, ma'am, we're sorry. Uh, we made a mistake. There is an appointment here for, for Mr. Russ. And I was like. Oh. Then we started doing the physicals, doing all the little physical tests, sending in essays, getting teacher recommendations. So it's just the way it happened. Man. And I have my own theories on how that happens. I'm sure I'm not the only person right. that happened. You know, they also have quotas. Right. You got to have so many, you know, so many women, so many Hispanics, so many African Americans. 
And I'm sure at the end of the application process, a lot of times you probably don't have what you have to have, but it's government funding. That's my. That's just my opinion right, right, on, right, on right, how right. that works. Yeah. So you got to find those people. You know. Yeah. So I'm sure I was. And they probably go tell the, the athletic coaches. They probably tell them, "Hey, this is what we need. If you, there's somebody that you want to talk to, uh, let's yeah, make it happen." Yeah, yeah. And like I said, that's just totally my so speculation. My speculation yeah. on how that happened. Um, you know. So I'm gonna try this pesto here. That's just f- phenomenal. Interesting turn of events there, right? I mean, but it was it was good. It was good for me. Yes. Uh-huh. I just I just filled out a um I just did a recommendation for a, a guy that worked for me for Air Force. So I was like when I saw it, when I was reading about you and I saw that I was like I wonder how that process went for him and what it was like. Um, yeah. Oh it, man. This is tough, man. Luckily, I'm going home after this. But this will this is going to result in a nap. Mm-hmm. Hundred percent. A beer and a pasta. There's a dynamite too. Oh yeah. My wife would just devour this. I've tried to make a pesto like this at home, and I can nowhere close to this. No, I mean, well, even the stuff he was talking about is like way above my pay grade as far as <laughs> you don't do what? So you don't? This isn't out the box. This is not. We're not, not doing that. Hey, I'll, as far as pasta goes, man, I'm a box and jar ragu, and I think I'm, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I'm gonna throw some shrimp in it too. I think I did it. That's when he was talking about soup. He was You're talking like, about soup. Like, Bam! Yeah. Hey, baby, come here and get some of this. Delicious. Yes. Now I'm eating this. I feel embarrassed and ashamed that, Man. <laughs> that I ever did that. So you go, you go off the, um, go off to college. What's that? What's that like? What's the um, experience? Is it hell up there? No. I mean, fun, it, not fun. It's not fun, you know. I'm not. You're not used to being. I'm used to being top dog in high school, and mm-hmm. now you go up there and you're at the bottom, because it's a military structure. So you go up each year. You know, you got to go through. I only got two weeks of summer. And you got to report and do your basic training, which is run by the cadets. Uh, you know, you just got to get kind of, especially your freshman year. You just got to kind of get used to it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it doesn't bother me. Like this guy, somebody's yelling in your face, and I'm, I'm just kind of like, okay. Other people cried. Uh, it, everybody handles it different. I'd have cried. You know? yeah. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, you gotta play. You gotta learn to play the game. But as you get older and you look back on stuff, everything there was a process. Like there's an actual method. It's called the Thayer method of why they do things the way they right. do. Operating under stress, being able to handle more. There's a reason it's like that. Right. And at the time, it seems stupid, but as I get older, it makes more sense. Right. You know, they're preparing you for potentially going to combat. You can't analyze that in the moment, though, right? Like, no, when you're I'm getting yelled like, at, you're like... No, in my head, I'm like, I wish this dude would get on my face. If we were in high school, I'd punch him. Like, it's, <laughs> right. that's, that's like what goes through my head. I'm like, you wouldn't be talking to me like this if we were out in the street. But now you're just, like, going ham on yeah. me, you know. But that's me. That was my thought process, which probably wasn't even the best thought process at the time. Right. So that's, we, that's why it was, good for, it was good for me. Definitely. Did you feel yourself, like, I guess, growing up a little bit through that process? Or is that you still just, like... Are you aware of what's kind of going on in your brain at that moment in time, or are you just no. kind of like just trying to get through it all? No, man, and I totally have that. I'm so hard on my my 18 year olds, not hard on them, like, but the way I think about what they're, the things they do and the decisions they make. Uh, but then it's so hard for me to revisit that point in my life at that age. I can't even. It's so hard for me even to remember how I thought. Uh-huh. Like, what was I thinking about when I did this? When I did this type of stuff? You know, I, were you? You know, you want them to think about their future, you want them to do this other, but were you doing that? No. Our memories don't work that way. No. We can't, we, you can usually sometimes with a little bit of help with a friend or something or a token or, or what, a tote or something, find the right <laughs> file cabinet. Yeah. But it's you hard. Can't, you can't actually get into the, the, the index cards no, in the file cabinet and figure out what the hell you were thinking. Of, yeah. You know, so at that point in time, I was just like, well, I'm just here. You know, yeah. it's college. I know there's always a process. You go to school, you go to college. I always said I was going to be an engineer because it sounded great and they, they made money and yep. I was good at math, so logical, logical process. So when you finish, when you finish there, how, I'm completely naive to how this works, but how do you go, how do you get to, 
I mean, obviously you don't get to pick where you end up. I know you ended up in Germany, but how does that, what's that process like when you're finishing? Okay. How do you figure out what you're... So it's a mandatory five-year commitment in the right. military. Um, and the process is, there's a class rank. And I, I even forgot, I've forgotten the percentages. I think it's like 50% academic, 30%. You actually have a military grade because you have to do military stuff and you get right. graded. So it's 50, 30, and then there's 20%. There's a physical grade because there's physical requirements, whatever. And they rank everybody in the class. Okay. So from that, you get to pick your branches and your uh, desire. And then after you pick branches, you pick your locations. So you pick your branch. But if there's only 10 slots left, if there's 10 slots and they're gone when it gets to you, okay, well, then you get your number two. But right. if your number two is gone, you get your number three, even for branches. Um, because there's only so many slots per, uh, per branch. Right. And then, then you do the same thing. You pick your, your destinations. There's only so many slots per destination. So you might want to go to Hawaii, but there's one slot, and the first guy took Hawaii. Okay, so that's out. Number one guy got Hawaii. Yeah, I don't know, man. Ger <laughs> Germany. I lucked out and got Germany, man. It was a good time. Yep. And guys pick for different reasons. I would say, my senior year, I was still in party mode, if you would. Yep. And my brain hadn't clicked yet. There was a lot of guys who, who wanted to be there from day one. They knew they were career military, so they were trying to find a place that'll be best for their military career. Okay. You know, my my brain, like I said, my brain wasn't there yet. I was like, what seems like it'd be the most fun? So I picked Germany and I lucked out and I got Germany. Wow. Um, what's that? You go to Germany. What? What? When you first get there, what's that like? How's that? Uh, pretty interesting because everybody didn't matter where you went. You went knowing you were probably going to, to deploy. So 9/11 yeah. happened. What's, our, yeah. What? What year is that? 9/11 happened our senior year. We're sitting in class. Some guy goes running down the hall saying, "Turn on TVs. Turn on TVs. Turn on TVs." So he turns on the TV and the first one it hit and we're just kind of like, man, that's a horrible accident. Right. Second one hits and we're like, you know, nobody really knows what's going on yet. Major Trevis is a very smart guy. Closes the door, turns the TV down a little bit. He says, so let me tell you guys something. What's happening right now is about to change all of your lives. And, and he was 100% right. And they announced at lunch, you know, cause we all eat, everybody eats together at lunch. Uh, they announced that it was an act of terrorism and everybody's kind of like freaking out. You know, people are angry, dudes are angry. You know, we have a lot of people who have military backgrounds. Their parents work at the Pentagon, their parents work in So, you know, people are freaking out at that point. Um, you know, and then you see things start to happen, like as we went on, because they started kind of changing assignments. Uh, schools. Did you have your assignment then? Did yeah, you we know knew you're going to Germany? We, you know you're going? we knew, but uh, <clears throat> then like some people got schools canceled, like schools that you would go to before you went to your unit. So some of the guys were getting stuff canceled, go to your, directly to your unit, and it just, you know, it starts to put that writing on the wall that, oh, you're going. So, you know. That change, oh, wow. That changes every, a few days before that, you got guys thinking about, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go here, I'm going to be a career military guy, I got, you know, got this plan, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you still got those same kind of goals, but everything has changed now. You know you're going to be. Yeah, we were. I was living not under only the, active duty. You're you're going. Yeah, I was living under the auspice that there would never be another big war. Right. You know, back in the '80s, on the Cold War in Russia, but that fell apart. They split up. I was like, man, who's going to fight the U.S.? Nobody's fighting us, so. Yeah. And that happened. So you know, and it it's part of life. You yeah. Know, it is what it is. And, because once you, once you walk into class after 12 o'clock on the first day of your junior year, you're locked in. If you quit, you have to go into the Army and serve four years as a specialist versus doing your five, versus finishing. So that's your first semester junior, at the end of your first semester junior no, year, you're locked? First day. First day you're locked. 12 o'clock. You don't have like a 30-day like grace period of like, I'm going to drop all my classes and get the hell out of here? Gotcha. <laughs> and that's, you got a two-year you got a two year grace period. That's right. That's true. <laughs> you got a two-year grace period. It's the add, the add drop period, you know? Yeah. You got a, yeah, you got a two-year grace period to, to figure it out. And then that, that senior year, I mean, you see guys standing outside the classroom that that day, like, I don't know if I'm going in. You see it. Ooh. You know, I, at that point, I was like, eh, man, I'm, I'm finished. Yeah. I went in class and... So you go over to Germany. Are you, are you prepared for... The difference is, or is there a dramatic difference once you're once you're active duty versus in school? Are you prepared? I mean, I'm sure there is, but are you prepared for that? 
that first day? Uh, I felt like I was. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and you always ongoing learning, constant learning. Um, I wasn't. I'm not a. I'm not a nervous guy. Right. So, you know, I was an adult at that point. I was 21. I felt like I could handle it. You know, I just. I'm not a nervous guy. But yeah. It just didn't worry me. I mean, look, it's just like everything. One thing, it's like. Uh, I remember, like, I went to mechanized leaders course. That's where you learn how to work on a Bradley and do stuff. I remember the first time I sat in it, I was like, I gotta learn how to operate this thing. Like, I, I can't do that. But right, right. A little yeah. bit of time, a little bit of time. You learn, you learn, you learn. And, and after that experience like that, you just feel like, yeah, I'm gonna get there. It's gonna be confusing for a little bit, but right. learn a little bit today. You're gonna survive. You'll learn a little bit the next day. You'll yeah. be all right. You learn a little bit the next day. You'll be okay. Well, a little bit the next day, you'll be okay. And then eventually you like things that you thought were difficult. They, it's just about preparation and, and learning and, and constantly taking in taking in new ways to improve, getting better at doing what you're supposed to be doing. So when when you you do you do what you do two two tours? Is that what you, you do two tours? Uh yeah, I, I did one tour in Iraq. Um and I had like to reach out. You had weird deployments, you Italy deployments, like you get Ah. You gotta be, and they're all deployments, but they're not really deployments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went to Greece, we did a lot of stuff. But you're always, it's amazing what you're always preparing for. You're always preparing for something to happen. You know, and there's, there's people echelons above you that know things that you will never know. Yeah. That make those decisions on, yeah, we need to send this group over here because if X, Y, and Z happens, they're gonna have to go over there and be ready, you know? That's just stuff that you see, you know, you get your little secret security clearance and get the, you know, here, get privy to a little bit more. Right. Um, I had an interesting last job in the military I took, uh, working missile defense, but then, you, you know, you, missile defense is a big deal, it's a, a huge deal. Yeah. You're talking about missiles like flying over the water defense and that yeah, type yeah. of stuff. And yeah. It's like thought processes above reality, like the first time you walk in there, you're like, wait, what is this? What am I looking at? <laughs> So, how, how does this work? And you know, and I'm just, gotta figure it out. So when you, let's see here, you do, you sign up, you sign up for two more years, you do five I did and two. two. More, so, I was how getting does that work? How does that work? Okay, so you, I can, you can get out of five. I was on my way out. I had figured out I wanted to be a financial advisor and they offered me this job because they needed an air defense officer for a specific job. Okay. And it was in another city in Germany um, and I said, well, I want to start my business, blah, blah, blah. So I came back to him and I said, look, because you're not supposed to have another job when you're in the military. I said, if you'll let me moonlight, meaning work after hours as a financial advisor, I'll do it. I got a letter signed that I could do it. Cool. And that was actually kind of my little, so every conversation I had with officers that were over my level, they'd be like, have you done command yet? You look like you're pretty sharp. You've been in command. I'd be like, no, I'm going to get out. Well, where are you getting out? What are you going to do? You need to stay in. I'm like, well, I'll I actually already have my own business as a financial advisor. I got approved to do it, blah, blah, blah. Really? You wanna look at my stuff? It, and those guys are still clients to this day, a lot of them. Wow. Yeah. So how, how did you figure that out? Like before you, how did you start that financial planning business? Like what was the- That was, so I knew I wanted to get out and I had a financial advisor. And I was, and he came over for a meeting in the evening and he came to my house and I was day trading. Because what I hadn't done is I hadn't saved enough. I didn't have enough money for me to be comfortable. And I wanted a specific amount of money before I stepped out of the military. And I was in there day trading, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, man, give me 20 minutes, I'll, I'll be done. And so I was over there messing with it. And was I your got, first meeting with him? No, he had been my advisor for a few years. Oh, okay, but okay. so you were giving seen, him money. Yeah. And then you were you had a little side money that you yeah. were day trading, trying to catch the right. Trying to, just trying to catch up. And honestly, it wasn't anything I wanted to do long term. I wanted to get enough money, because it is, it's volatile, you could lose right. it all. I wanted to get enough money so I was comfortable leaving the military. Because yeah. at that point, I was also about to apply for a, a job with this company called SAP. It's a, it's a German company, okay. um, but they needed a native English speaker. So, you know, so I was about to apply for that, and uh, he saw me, he's like, you ever thought about being a financial advisor? And I was like, no, but that sounds like something I'd like. And we just started that process. Yep. A uh, good buddy of mine still to this day. This is the guy, Michael yeah. Michael Mandarino. Mandarino. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, still great friends to this day. Okay. Uh, he's down in Florida, still both still advising. Um, how did you meet that guy? Did he cold call you or nah, how did he that? he was at a, so there's this big company called First Command that really works with military. Okay. And, but their model, everybody's model is different. Their model is 
wherever you go, because they have people near all the military bases, wherever you go, that's your advisor. So, but every time you move, you get a different advisor, which is not an attractive model. Could be model. good or bad. Right? Yeah, it's not an attractive model to me. No. Like I said, I keep all my military guys, dude, Zoom, you know, and they were doing, actually, it wasn't Zoom, but they've had that technology like Skype and stuff out for long time. A long yeah. time. So as long as, you know, when I, they trust you. I know your story, I know your history, I know your, your fears, your wants. Yeah. You know, so I want to keep, when you're my guy, I'm your guy. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we stay together and we, we make it work. So, uh, so was, you, you but I met him through First Command. So when mm -hmm. I went to Germany, he became my advisor. And he was, he was, he was kind of right up my alley, real cool dude. He liked to go hang out, uh, you know, and party a little bit. And, and we right. had a good time together. And so, you know, we became, we were actually partners for a while. Uh, and then he moved back to the States first. Because okay. he found Cause, out because you fin when you finish service you I stay stayed. there yeah for he was a couple there. years uh, I stayed there almost three four more years right. are you under the first command umbrella or are you got your are you, you and Michael this the separate Mike, entity we're working for a we have a broker dealer right but we're our own little entity we're okay. just doing our thing putting trades through this broker dealer thing but yeah. you're the own thing and you're servicing All, your, your old people in the all military guys. All military guys. Okay. And a few guys from the consulate, but mostly military guys and you know DoD civilians, Department okay. of Defense civilians. Yep. Um, and it was a much easier actually model because there wasn't like Edward Jones and Merrill Lynch and all these Not guys. Much competition. That, yeah, it was me. Yeah. And then when a guy left, because guys rotate every two three years, where you keep that guy and just ask him, introduce me your replacement, introduce me your replacement, introduce me your replacement. Wow. Um, and then I took up, I was a wrestling coach. That's sneaky. That's sneaky good, right? Sneaky good. And I was the wrestling coach from the high school because I'd read some books, you know, a lot of times they view financial advisors as vultures. It's like they just walk into an event and they're like, ah, here he comes asking for money. But I wasn't, I wasn't a financial advisor. I was Coach Charles. I just happened to be uh, a financial advisor. Yes. So just, you know, I'll, and I won't say that's why I coach wrestling. I loved coaching wrestling over there. Uh, still in touch with large number of kids that I coach uh, who are guys crazy because now I feel old because they're grown up grown up now you know like in the military captains and I'm like yeah. I coach this kid wrestling it's yeah. nuts I coach so. some kids in soccer um, after college and one of the kids um, they're all obviously grown now and one of the guys is a, um, a lead he's a guitarist for a, a band called Hardy a country band called Hardy wow and uh, they just I, d I didn't realize that they were going to be here um, a few weeks ago. And my wife and I went to Jason Aldean concert. My wife loves Jason Aldean. Okay. So we're in there, and we got decent seats, but not great seats, right? And this party comes out, and I recognize the songs, and I, the music is really good, right? And I'm like, golly. And I see this kid come out, and I'm like, lead guitar. And I was like, look at my wife. I go, hey, I think that's red. She's like, what? I'm like, that's red. I'm pretty sure that's red. I grab my phone. I'm like, oh shit, that's red. <laughs> I started texting him. I text his mom. His mom was like, just, just, just so far away from me. And uh, I got to see him. And um, he goes, remember I told you a couple weeks, like not a couple, weeks, a couple months ago, I was meeting with some guys and we were writing music and I thought it had like something to do. And he was like, these are those guys. I was like, holy cow. I mean, it was crazy. He's so talented. But say that kids, you're coaching, growing up and being men, it's wild. Yeah, they're adulty adults too, like big time. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I love it though. Yeah, I'm proud of all of them. So, what brings you home? Uh, my kids are here. So, you know, I had kids through, you know, like someone that I was with. We had a kid. We had two kids. Got pregnant once, had two kids. Yeah, and, and we weren't we weren't together. Are, are you are you in Germany when this happens? It no, it happened right before. So I had ninety days of leave. So okay. during that time period, that's when she got pregnant. And I, you know, and I, not is that ninety days between five years and two years? No, between graduating West Point and going to officer oh, basic. Okay, course. I'm trying to get my yeah, timeline yeah. straight. Okay, so, okay. You got then, 90 days before going to officer training. I got you. So then I went to officer's training. While I'm at officer's training, I get phone call and she's pregnant. And I was like, uh-oh. So, you know, but I, I had to go to my assignment. There right. wasn't any, and I just kind of got, you know, we, we did uh, that good correspondence. I use all, so you get 
two and a half days, I believe it is, a month of leaving the army. Everybody's like, oh, you must do all this crazy travel. Nope. All of it was two weeks, two weeks of their birthday, two weeks of Christmas. I was here. Like that's what I. That's so you can save that up, and you you can stockpile that time. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'd be here, you know, like I said, through medias and stuff. Stayed with them. Then when I got out of the army, I was coming back like every other month for five, six. Because I was gonna come back, and then that was when the depression first hit in uh, 07, 08. Okay. Even my grandmother was like. Yeah, this, this isn't a good time to come back. Like, it, I don't know if you're gonna be able to find the jo- kind of job you yep. want. So I started my business. Um, but then, as I, you know, about three, four years, they, they're almost nine, ten years old. One time, yep. I'm home, and one's like, Dad, you know, if you were here, you come to all the games, and you wouldn't have to miss anything. Because always a big thing when I had to miss something, and you know, and they, they said, I know your dad, we know you're working, but and when they said that, I'm just like, hmm, gotta go back. Yeah. Gotta when do you back. come back? Ooh, uh, what year is that? I think, and see, now you know it all starts to blend together. Yeah. I think I've been back nine years. Nine years? Yeah, I think I've been back nine years. Yeah, when I about, yeah, sounds about right. What, how did the recession affect you and in, in your business over there? So this is what happens. When the stock market crashes, everybody gets mad at their advisor. Like, Of course. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, it was a great thing for me because I was just starting. Are you mad at your advisor? You mad at your advisor? You mad at your advisor? <sighs> You know, come on, let's let's change it over. Let me show you what I would have done different. And a lot of that, though, it's setting expectation with your client. Right. And, you know, and having, that's why email's a great thing. When I email you, look, man, you, you said you wanted to be aggressive, and this is what aggressive looks like. Okay, I'm fine with that. Then when it, if a dip does happen, you can, hey, you have that to go back on and be like, let me pull this email up. We, we, we talked about Remember about this. this aggressive thing? This is, this is what it looks like on the other Especially side. Especially if they want to go against your recommendation. Um, then. Gotta, I got, I'll make you. I'll make you sign something. If you want to do what I'm telling you not to do, you have to. You have to sign something because it's not gonna. I can't. You know, it's just yeah. a little CYA. I'm sure you know about. I do. I it do. is what it is. Uh, but most clients, you know, it. It's easy to find that point. I haven't had a lot of trouble with expectation. I think I've literally lost one client because of expectation, and she wanted to be conservative, but then the market did 20% and she did six, and she didn't understand why, yeah. so she got mad and left. I was like. You le- your exact words were, don't lose any of my money no matter what. I, and I haven't. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how you think I'm going to make you 20% and never lose. Yeah. So, you know, but clients like that, you just got to let it go. Future problems. Yes. So when you you come back home, let's see, that, that let's say nine years ago, that would be 2015, no, 2013, 2012, 2013? 12, 13, 12, let's say 12. Okay. Uh, are you single then? I was, so I dated the same girl in Germany for like nine years, 10 okay. years. She had her own business. Her dad was kind of sick. She didn't want to leave, which I understand. And we were totally, we we're cool to this day. Like, you know, if she were to send me like, hey, I need help translating something from into English. Does this sound right? I'd totally be like, yeah, that's good. We're, we're cool. You know, no, no, it, it, yeah, it, suck. it sucks to leave a 10 year relationship, but yeah. You know, I put those kids here, they're my responsibility. Right. So when they said that they wanted me here. Yeah. And they can actually articulate and say, hey, this is what. Hey, Pops, I, you know, I want you to come to games. I want you yeah. to pick us up on the weekend. We want to hang out. We want to, we want to do dad stuff. Yeah. Time to go. So you come, when you come back, what's that first couple weeks like, couple months like? Are you trying to like. Uh, so I actually went back to my grandmother. One time I've gone home, I went back to my grandmother's house. Under the agreement, like, you know, I said, look, I'm going to pay the rent, I'm going to pay all the bills. And she's like, you don't have to do that. I'm already uncomfortable being here. <laughs> so just let me do that until I decide if I want to live here, do I live in Charlotte, which is only 90 minutes away. So I was uh, doing that for a little, you know, did that for a while. Um, I was there about uh, maybe a year. And then I moved out. Place? Yeah. Um, do you get a brick and mortar business here or are you running your show? Started out, started out without one. Um, okay. And then I picked up, I got, I got back in. Per- you're doing it out of room. grandma's dining room or something, right? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> all my meetings were, and that didn't work because even though I said, look, I'm going to go in here, I'm going to close the door, I need to work. Don't Her, work. 
my mom lives here now. They were coming in now like, hey, hey, hey. I'm just like, <laughs> so uh, yeah. And then, but then when I moved, even when I moved out, so, and you know, it, it, it is a restart. Right. You know, cause some, some business is residual, but there's new business brings in the bigger, the bigger tickets. So it is a restart. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. all of a sudden your income is cutting like a half or a third even. Um, so I picked up personal training. I had personal trained a few people in Germany, but not, you know, nothing. So I picked up, I started personal training in the mornings just for that extra income and that steady, okay, you know you have this coming up. this is coming uh, while you're building up your financial business yep. so what's your what's your what's your financial situation when you come back and you control all the leak back here what's your financial situation like are you, I'm, I'm good. you rolling uh, I won't say I'm rolling but I'm I'm good and that, there was a point where I was like I'm not coming back if I don't have at least yeah X number of dollars coming in a month um, you know, I got commitments I have child support to pay I, you know I have right you know and I, I'm a financial advisor I mean I did my own math and I'm right. like you have to be making this much. Yeah. You know, and it's going to take you a while to get established because it's great. I mean, I had lots of bar friends from the times when I came back visiting, but are those people clients? Right. And if they are clients, are they good clients? You yeah. know, there's there's a difference between a client and a good client oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. in any industry. So it's just restarting your business model and and figuring out everything that I didn't know about business. Like I said, I didn't have to know how to market in Germany. Right. I didn't have any competition. I was the wrestling coach who was a financial advisor. Yeah. And, and I would meet other wrestling coaches who happened to be DOD teachers who make great money and they were all becoming clients and, and they were introducing me to other teachers over there. It was an easy system. Now I get over here and there's competition everywhere. I tried to go to like uh, all these networking, like the Commerce Club, which is, it wasn't bad, but there's 500 financial advisors yeah. in here. I'm like, okay. And Greenville is very clickish. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, hey man, it's so cool you at the website. Thank for serving your country, but I'm gonna work with my buddy that went to Plymouth with me. That's right. And that's yeah, just yeah. that's that's yeah. that's Greenville. Um, actually, the influx of people who aren't from here has helped my business immensely. Wow. Okay. Yeah, immensely. When did when do you when I I just recently figured out how to make my finances work for me. Mm -hmm. I'm a late bloomer, as I might say. When did you get a hold of it for yourself? When does that, when do you figure that I, out? I still don't know if I got a hold of it, man. <laughs> it, it, depends on, it depends on what you mean by that. I mean, I'm putting up money in the retirement accounts, but like, I'm also trying to start businesses. So, you know, that's, that's one thing even now, I'm still tweaking my business model as a financial advisor. How do you work with business owners? Because I never like to charge a fee. Right. I'd rather just, okay, you invest this to me, I'll, you know, I get my percentage for managing. That's cool, and right. I felt like that helps me keep clients long term. Yeah. Business owners invest their money back into their business. So how do you yeah. work with them? Because oh, you can I can provide them huge amounts of value, especially having done this three or four times on my own. Like I can provide you a lot of value, not just in investing your money, but you know, making sure your insurance is set up properly, making sure even looking at your cash flows on your business and doing small business cash flow consulting. Like you can do all that stuff, but you're gonna have to charge for it. So I'm even working on how can you, you know. I, Make yourself a line item right. that they pay monthly or quarterly that, you know, and you provide X, Y, and Z for yep. them because eventually they're going to sell that business. That, that's kind of the, the big thing with owning a business is your business is your biggest asset. Yep. So I, I saw something on, I think maybe one of Teddy's interviews with you. There was a, you said something about, this is a, a you said this also, it's a poor number, but it was a, your 9-11 moment. Um, I think you said it was about you. I think you were in Miami or somewhere with some buddies and you bought a bunch of, oh, bunch of stuff. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one thing now, I'm starting to work with a lot of younger guys because, uh, and I got a young buddy that's in, he's graduating college now. He, I trained him and he helps. He works out with my kids a lot. And we're talking about doing a podcast called Don't F This Up. <laughs> Consider it. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like all this stuff that I wish I would have known when I was yeah. his age. He's a super bright kid. Uh, 22 years old, super bright, futures, you know, he's already doing stuff that I would like figured out last year and I'm just like, yeah. where'd you come from? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. are you an alien? I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but uh, dude, 
and I tell this story to everybody, I bought, I spent $911 shopping. But I bought this pair of leather pants, and I think they were like, if I remember right, they're like $600. (laughs) I I wore them once, and I tore them. You know, I'm out trying to party. I'm sweating. I'm moving around. (laughs) Leather don't move like that. I stepped out, didn't tear on the, and didn't even tear on the seam. And it was, it literally was a moment I was like, you just wasted 600 bucks. Now, and I do dumb stuff to myself just to see it. I put 600 bucks at a, you know, X percent return from uh-huh. 20 years ago. And I'm just like. I saw, saw you, I saw you talking about that. There's so many things in my life that, are, that you've done, you know. Yeah. Uh, golly. But when, it's when, not, when, when were you in, when was that? When's that? Oh man, I know, I can even tell you. What are you making those stupid decisions? I can tell you who I was with. Oh, I was in officer basic course. So I was 21 when I did that. But you know, you go, that's uh, that's one. You got a credit card, you're like, I got to do something with this thing. You got a credit card, you start getting officer pay. So you've been in college and now all of a sudden you're getting, it's probably the equivalent of seven, eight thousand dollars a month because they pay for your housing, they pay for your food, they pay for your health insurance. And then they put, they pay for all that and they put five, six thousand dollars a month in your account. If you want to, you can eat on base for free. So that's, to us, at that point, that's party money. Yeah. Oh, that's party money all day. Um, not understanding what it could have been if we would have just. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't have a good story. You just have a nice nest egg. You wouldn't have a good story about touring leather pants at, at well, some I, club in Germany. Well, I always talk about, Germany, no, that wasn't, that was in Texas. Texas. But I always talk about that, though, when I do, if I do seminars, um, you know, if, especially if I do like church seminars and things, I talk about how like, if I would have done everything perfect, I probably wouldn't be here talking to you. I'd be sitting on a, if I would have put all my money into Apple when it first, I wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be sitting on an island partying and, and, and not, not helping you. No, yes, true. So yeah. there's, there's a reason, I, I don't know, there's a reason that things go the way they go. Uh, and I don't think, I don't think any of that's a knock if you learn from it. Yeah. But if you keep, yeah, if you keep repeating it, so be it. But I don't think it's a knock if you learn. So you got, you're starting this, you come home, you get this business rolling. Do you, when do you get a brick and mortar place? Okay, so I actually didn't get a brick and mortar until, man, so maybe five, six years ago. Okay. So it took a couple years and I said, okay, yeah. about five years ago. I said, I'm gonna need an office. Um, my business was growing, but it was mostly friend-based. And I asked a couple of friends, I was like, would you refer me more people if I actually had an office? Because there's a trust, there's trust, it's money. You know, yeah. you don't know where I am. I'm, I'm working out of my house, well, I can leave tomorrow. Yeah. So, you know, that type of stuff. Um, and, and a couple of them that I, I trust their opinion, like, need to get an office. And I was still personal training. Um, that was going well. So I still had that steady income. Business was growing. I was starting to get around. So at that point in time, you're doing... You're kind of a, you're kind of a, I think, probably still to this day, you're probably a jack of all trades. But at that moment in time, you're really making money in two or three different. Uh, different. I wouldn't even say I'm a jack of all trades. I'm a financial advisor. Yes. You know, and at that moment in time, though, you're financial advisor and personal training. That's four in the morning till, excuse me, five in the morning till nine o'clock. And then I'm back in my, I'm at my desk ready to, to rock and roll. That, at that point in time, are you doing that? For some walking around money, is, what, what's your thought? I used process? to call that I used to call that kids' money. That was child support, football pad, whatever, yeah. whatever they needed. Yeah. You know, and and without putting a huge dent into my my income. And I said, well, I'll let it go when, when they graduate. And then I decided to have another kid. So yeah. You know. When did you meet? When did you meet your? Uh... Uh, well, I dated my high school ex for about a year, uh, but she passed away from breast cancer. Oh, wow. So, and then probably about, then I was probably buck wild for about a year and a half, and then I met my current girl, and we've been together about six years. Okay. And you have a 20-month-old? Might be, she gonna get mad at me. She might, he might be, <laughs> you know, I, I start losing it with the months, man. He might be 21 months yeah. at this point. When, when was he March born? March 5th. March so, 5th of 2020? Yeah. Right before COVID, which yep. is super weird. My my, I have a, I don't know how many months, but my second son was born in July of 2020. 
Okay. Okay, yeah. so you know the, were they letting y'all in the hospital or how'd that yeah, go? It was the greatest, the greatest uh, childbirth experience because there was no visitors. Yeah. We just in there for like, my wife takes forever to have a baby. So we were in there for like two or three days, no visitors and everybody waiting on our, waiting on us, or not me, but yeah. you know, getting popsicles. My wife's getting popsicles and yeah. no, nobody could come and say, hey, and bug us. I think we were allowed to have, it was, a, they started limiting the number of visitors yeah. at a time. I mean, the shit's hitting the fan pretty, pretty strong right yeah. when you're in there having the baby. We were two weeks before they stopped allowing visitors. We were two weeks, so we lucked out. Her parents could come, my grandma, mama, my, her, uh, my kids, my brothers could come. So they all came in, and you know, so we lucked out right before that. Yep. Um, it, was, it was, you know, great, another great experience, another great little dude. So it all works together. What's it? What's it like? Have, like this? I guess the. It's, substantially different because you're right here with them what's that what's your mind like now with the baby versus when your two boys were born it's not a different mindset so i couldn't i was in airborne school when my twins were born and they literally told me because i think it was something like we weren't married so i couldn't leave to go they were only three hours away and i'm like if you leave we're gonna have to start school over you're gonna miss this out i'm oh. like All right, so my grandma went though. My grandma said, baby, you, you can get a test or whatever you want, but they're yours. She had, a, <laughs> she had the baby picture. She's like, no, baby, they're yours. I promise. They came out with nice hats yeah. on and everything. I think he got some gators on his feet. <laughs> That's yours. So. <laughs> oh, man. Um, That's tripping me out. Um, uh, yeah, man, just moving. Then I, you know, kept so I definitely use a, a rich dad, poor dad mind, mindset. Yeah. Um, you know, so when you start talking about entrepreneurial stuff, uh, my thing is financial advising. So I constantly try to improve in that space, learn more in that space, yeah. do better in that space for my clients, acquire more clients, uh, but even refining that business model. So maybe eventually I can bring on other advisors. Right. Maybe considering. Um, but what I did was like, so I used that money. So I said, okay. I'm making this money, but that takes effort. It's so, you know, I've got my little science down. It's X number of hours per client, unless I refine another system. I got my, my methodology yeah. down. Um, but okay, I need something that makes money without me being there. Mailbox money. Yeah. And that, you know, and then the gym I was training at was closing. And one of my good buddies was like, hey man, well, I, I, I need to train. Like, I, you know, I, I want to open a gym. And I was like, You can open the gym. Can't be that hard. Yep. Yeah, that was wrong. So that, that was tough. Tough. Found a space. We opened. I think we we literally opened the gym in five weeks because the place we're at was closing. Yeah. Opened the gym in five weeks. Um, was but I, I kind of knew did not to that extent. But I knew okay. At this point, financial advising just has to make you just have to maintain. Right. Don't go out try to grow the business. Keep what okay. you got. Get this running. So that, that so that's that's where your your brain makes that transition. You're like, okay, I'm making this kids money. I, I call it I, I called it walking around money. Yeah. You're making this money, and you're like, how can I make this money without me actually having to be there at five in the morning, four in the morning? Yeah. And then the, that gym starts to close. You and a buddy think, let's open this. How, how do you? What's that whole process like when you decide? You said it was tough. What made it tough? What oh, was it was the, tough when we opened. Like doing it, so getting ready to open. Getting ready to open was physically tough. Okay, we're on. A, we're upstairs with no elevator, so everything upstairs has to be carried. I'll just say right. that, and I will never do that again myself. I'm too old. I think I didn't work out for two weeks after that. I mean, we were beat up. Like it was. Yeah. It was rough. It was like sore you know, in places you you've yeah, never didn't been sore know, before. I didn't know I had a dwibita or whatever yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was awkward, man. So, but then when you open the door, you start finding out all this crap that you had no clue about. Billing, security systems, uh, even even the rotation. Are you going to hire somebody when you first open to clean the gym? Or are you going to clean? All this little stuff that seems menial, accounting. Um, you're like, and you oh, hadn't encountered that at all with the financial plan and stuff because it's just you and... Me, me and my computer. Yeah. Literally all I need. So now you got all this stuff, you know, depreciation on equipment. How are you going to do it? All this stuff happens. And, and especially the day-to-day oper the -day -day operational stuff, you gotta figure that out. Like, 
we're trying to be a passcode gym and then of course stuff goes wrong. Like we're supposed to have the lock, which you cannot give out passcodes. The lock wasn't there. So now somebody has to sit there. It's just stuff like that, you yeah. know? And then uh, it's just little basic stuff. And easy lessons learned though. And stuff that you would never have you never known until you got thrown into quicksand. Oh, I can run in the gym. Oh, I can run in gym. Yeah, I, I see do. what they're doing. It's fine. Yeah. Have you ever run in gym? Do you know how to deal with that? Your, and your buddy had no experience in that either, huh? Trainer just like me. Just trainers like you. Yeah, trainer. You know, he, he trained full. He was training full time at that point. Um, I was training part time, and you know, I felt like I had good business savvy, but I was doing cash flows for other people, like going doing cash flow analysis, like this is bad, you should do this, change this. But I was never in the weeds operating those businesses. Right. And then you do it. It's a now, completely different yeah. ball game. And I realized, I definitely realized though, financial advisory growth was going to slow down. I was expecting, no, oh, I'll be good in a couple weeks. It was a few months. Um, when, I, when, when was this? What year is this in? 2017. 2017, okay. When, I'm just imagining you carrying all these weights upstairs and going up, like opening the place. And, I, I made these kind of mistakes too, where you're, you're thinking, I can, I'm a smart guy. I can do some of this stuff like accounting or depreciation or anything like that. And then you're like, but I need to be doing this other stuff. Now I got to figure out somebody to, now I got to take time out of the middle of the business to do nothing but find somebody to do this. Yeah. Either, either, either you're going to learn it or you got to find somebody to do it. Yeah. You know, where's your efficiency points at? You know, where, where, where are you going to, to make those good decisions? And that's, and all of that though correlated into like so now I'm opening my other uh, recovery studio. Um, well, at this at the gym, how much time are you spending in that place? Oh, I'm working in there. Like I'm working. How many employees y'all got? You, oh, you and your we buddy. We don't have any employees. No employees. And we still don't. But. But now you got the passcode working, kind of. Cameras, cameras, passcode. Okay. It, it, it's and, and so but we have so we did you know the method too is employees man people don't. If you take care of people, they will actually take care of you. So we have like 13 personal trainers and none of them work for me, but they all do stuff. They'll clean up, they'll wipe that down, they'll t wash the towels, they help because- How did you figure that out? Uh, I knew that's not what I wanted when I was a personal trainer. I didn't, I didn't want to work for like a big box gym and yeah. oh, it's $75 a session, but you get 20. 15, yeah, 20. Yeah, 15, 20. Um, I know the place I was working at before charged uh, $500 a month. You know, standard. If you look at, if you do percentages on, I think, I think when I moved back, it was thirty-five hundred was the median standard of living in Greenville. Well, you're gonna pay five hundred of that to. I'm like, that that burns a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I just knew what. How long do you and your buddy put in a whole bunch of hours at that place until it kind of? About five months. Five months. Yeah. I mean, it's because we were open. We we're still open, uh, four a.m. to ten p.m. Four. So somebody had to wow. be in there. Near yeah. him had to be in there. Did a lot of good friends like I'd like look, man. I, I need to take a lunch meeting, and they weren't. They'd be free in the middle of the day, and they they come sit at the desk and be like, "Hey, man, I'll sit at the desk for an hour or two, man. It's cool." No, they, people help people help me out. So it wasn't that's stuff that you wouldn't know about either when you yeah. first start start thinking about it, right? You're not thinking yeah, don't about. Don't be scared to ask for help. That's, yeah. that's you know that the the hustle the hustle boys have lied to you for years. I'll tell anybody that, man. <laughs> from everything from. From you gotta work to grind and don't sleep. No, you gotta recover. No, that whole grind till you die thing is, yeah, but you're operating at 50, 60% of capacity. Go rest and come back and operate at 100% and 90%. Yeah. That is the most ridiculous thought and process. hire somebody to do your depreciation yeah. stuff and all that other stuff on the back. Get that off your plate and yeah. do what makes you money. Yeah. You know, if I can make $80 for a personal, an hour for a personal training session, why am I cleaning the building? It's not that, it's not that that's below me, but I can pay someone else $30 that's an hour. That's really hard to, when you're in the weeds though, mm -hmm and the wall needs to be clean. That goes back to that depreciation thing. When the wall needs to be clean, yeah. it's hard to think, okay, I need to find somebody to clean this stuff, take out the trash, that, you know, a service that can do this for me. I'll clean this wall now, next time I'm not gonna clean it. But what happens to a lot of people is they clean the wall now, forget about it, and all of a sudden they gotta clean it again. Well, see, like, when I lived alone, I did 
75% of my meals were from a meal prep company. Somebody cleaned my house, someone did my laundry, and everybody's like, oh man, you up, and I'm like, no. Like, I'm alone, and all that is time. I can go do a, even if it's just personal training, I can go do a $60 session, I can go do two or three $60 sessions, and pay for all that. So that's three hours to do stuff that would have taken me 15 hours. That doesn't make sense, it actually doesn't make sense for me to do it at that point, it's illogical. Yes. And, and that's, a lot of people if, have a hard time giving through If that. you're using those three, if you're doing it. Right. If, but even sometimes though, but like I said, I'll go back to this, sometimes recharge. you're, yeah, your recharge yeah. is worth yeah. it. It's 100% yeah. worth it. And, and that's something, actually I've only really grasped that in the past two, three years. That rest, that, that recharge is necessary. It doesn't matter when you're 22. Nah, it, but it does. Because you just you don't, don't think it does. Well, you don't know what 100% is anymore. You think, it's just like athletes. Well, I read true. a great book by, uh, uh, I'm sure like some guy, Tim Grover, it's called Winning. So he was Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant's personal trainer. But one thing he talks about is he, has, he had to make Kobe stop. He had to make him. Mm -hmm. Like Kobe's like, I want to do this 4 a.m. workout. He said, okay, but you're going to take a nap from X. To, you're going to do that. Because he recognized the, the power and recovery and being at 100%. Everybody's like, oh, I'm working hard, I'm hustling. But you're hustling at 60%. You probably don't even know what 80, 90% feels like anymore because you haven't been there in so long. Yeah. And it gets away from you. You don't know, you think just because you're, just because you're hustling doesn't mean you're productive. They're not the same thing. Yeah. I spent a lot of, a lot of my life, my, a lot of my adult life, making a shit ton of bad decisions. Partying my face off. Um, and it wasn't until we got up here and you start recognizing what 90% or 95% of you looks like, right? And you, you think, my wife and I talk about this all the time, like, how did we survive at 40% or 50% or 60%, like, right? Like, and that goes that, almost to that, like, spending the money you're not supposed to spend a long time ago, right? Like, what could have been... If we would have, but you that's, captured that, right? It's part like, of living, man. Yeah. And, and one of my main things that I want to do is guys that are in their 20s. I mean, if you look at most of the guys I hang out with are in their late 20s That's that, that are friends with me. But, you know, I just try to give them every inkling of, of, of knowledge that, that – and I wouldn't even say it's not just experience. It's like I know this. This, this is true. That they'll take. That they'll accept. Yeah. And, that, well, <laughs> and, they, and I think they, they accept it from me because I'm still – I'm still doing stuff, I'm still growing, I'm still making moves, I'm still trying to do yep. more. Um, I've got, you know, like one of my, one of them, I know he's 26, I'd explain to him like, you realize you're closer to your kid's age than you are to mine. You're eight, you're eight years older than my kids. I'm 14, 15 years older than you. And he was like, I didn't even think about that. I'm like, yeah, so, I mean, I've been doing stuff. Yeah. Whether it be the right stuff or the wrong stuff, I've been doing stuff for a long time. But anything can be the right thing if you learn something from that experience. And that's the thing, you know, you have to go into every situation willing to accept the fact that anything you've ever been told could be wrong. Or anything, you've, everything you've ever done could be wrong. Could be 100% <laughs> wrong. So tell me about the, the, the recovery gym. Like what it so I partner with my massage therapist. So as you, and as you get older, you recognize the need for recovery. Taking care of your body. You want to work out all the time, you know, stuff's going to get off. And, and so me and my massage therapist partnered, uh, bought a building. I'm real big on... on if you're gonna have a business and you need a space, trying to look for a way to buy a building or a part of a building, buy it with other people, things like that. So uh, we bought a building, I moved my office under the top floor. Okay. And so we have a recovery studio, you know, it's got cryo, uh, automated massage tables, um, Normatec systems. And we have, the thing I'm really excited about is like a, I call it a theta rest system or rest system. You know, it, it's just these bioengineered sounds and a, bioengineered disc that you run your wrist and you literally come in there we put a weighted blanket over you you just lay down and, and let let it play and it uh it basically it's recovery it's recovery when you open this place is it is it smooth oh yeah oh yeah it's gonna be smooth it's no i no, mean is it open now or are y'all still oh uh, we're open we're open, but we're not like really publicizing. Okay, okay, Because okay. I like letting people trickle in right now. Okay. Because then you can work those bugs. I was trying to figure out. I was no. trying to figure out if if if, if this was going to be the same or no. similar kind of. Uh... It, it has some similar feel, but I'm ready for it. Right. Um, so me and my partner, we you know, and I did more planning for this one. So we have X. So between him and me, we'll see the schedule in the morning. Who wants to come in? We're going to have to take care of it. Okay. You know, either he's going to have to pop out of his session, or I'm going to have to run down the stairs until we hit X. And I only take, I, w I don't ever take more than two meetings a day. 
So for me to be able to run downstairs and do something, it's fine. Okay. Uh, for now, when we hit X, we'll hire an employee. You know, and then when we hit the next point, okay. uh, after that, we can start taking some profit or you know investing more into the business, whichever thing we we deem more deem to be correct at that point. But I'm plan much better. Uh, know what to expect. Um, have some people who want to work there eventually online to just help. They're like, yeah. well, if you're telling me that there's going to be a place here for me, of course I'll help. Yeah. So. How's the gym now? Oh, uh, the gym runs great, man. Yeah. Uh, the gym, the gym funded that for me. Say that again. The gym funded that. Okay. Well, my, gotcha. my yeah, income yeah. the gym yeah. funds that funded that. So, you know, and I'm not about being stagnant. I'm, I, I want to grow. Um, I'm a big legacy guy. I want stuff for my kids, but I also want to teach them. You know, because it only takes, I see it all the time, it takes one person to mess up a legacy. You leave all your money to this person and they're a fool and it's gone. So it's not, it's, it's about building, it's about building to leave, but then also teaching, making sure they're ready for that. And then also that they're going to impart what I'm teaching them, you know, into their kids. So, right. so it just gets, it gets better. And, you know, and then you also have to include giving and things like that. It's not just, oh, we, we're going to be, Five generations from now, we're gonna own half America. No, it's not about that. Right. You know, let's live well, work hard, live well, and and help the help the universe out a little bit. You know.